to Expounded Universe, Season 11, Episode 10. For she is the Kwisox Haderach. The book, Jedi Search, by Kevin J. Anderson. The year, 1994. The final chapters. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe. It's me, Dr. Nick, for some reason. Actually, it's me, Jeff. Hi. And uh, also, John is here. Oh, it's a good thing you explained that. Everyone was very confused why Dr. Nick was here. No, I know, but the thing is, I didn't mean to do a Dr. Nick impression. That was literally just me saying hi, everybody. Yeah, and it's a good thing you didn't sound anything like Dr. Nick, either. No, I, I know, I know. To me, I did, but that's because I have a very different... I'm not like you, John. I don't hear my outside voice inside my head. I, I assume you do. I can't hear anything. Yeah, you can't hear anything. And also, you can't feel anything either. It's a very rare condition. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, 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 my hearing is borked so that I don't really hear what I sound like, leading me to think that I can sing and or talk and or run several podcasts. Yeah, all things that you cannot do. No, absolutely not. I do not deserve what I am or do. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think you deserve who you are. Oh, ouch. So anyway. Oof. Uh, <laughs> oof size large. That's too uh, big of an oof for me. <laughs> these <Okay>. oofs. <laughs> uh, these are the final chapters of Jedi Search, and... I got to tell you, before we even get started, how you doing? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm all right. Mm, I, good I, to hear. Uh, I had some sleep. I ate cold pizza. Everything is coming up, John. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. What I meant to say, uh, because I don't actually care how you're doing. I know that people think I do, but I don't. It's uh, true. I know. <laughs> What I meant to say is, I this book was 100% non-essential. They could have started this this trilogy on the next book. Ah. I mean, and it would have been perfectly fine. Perfect. I mean, all you have to do is be like, oh, did you hear? There's an, uh, a new Imperial lady who just came popping out of a black hole with a bunch of cool de uh, Star Destroyers ready to go. I mean, the, the biggest thing that happens in this book is the introduction of Kip Duran. Kip Durant, the Sun Crusher. Yeah, uh, yeah, true. Fair enough, the Sun Crusher. But you could also just wrap them up together and have the her, his whole backstory could be a chapter. Oh yeah, I grew up on the spice mines. Then I escaped, and after a whirlwind series of dumb events, I ended up with a unnecessarily indestructible spaceship. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, I'm not gonna go to bat for Jedi search, but uh, you know. It at least introduced some stuff. I'm going to bat against it. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, bat against <sighs> it. It's pitching <laughs> and you are batting. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. So these chapters are largely climactic. It's all it's all covering Han and uh, Kip and Chewbacca's escape from the Maw installation. 
Yes, indeed. We uh, we start out uh, chapter twenty seven checking in on Admiral Dalla, who is just got a straight up war boner going on. Yeah, she's just sitting there thinking about how she's going to do war crimes and how excited she is about how she's going to go do some war crimes and how she's not even doing them for any kind of particular reason. Oh, yeah. She's just like, oh, man, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to take this sun crusher and I'm going to blow up systems and I don't even give a shit about trying to, like, reform the empire. I don't want to be in charge of an empire. I just want to commit war crimes. Yeah, she's literally just laying the cards on the table. She's just like, I'm just a bad guy now. I want to get out of here and fuck shit up because I'm a bad guy. It's all I want to do. I'm just looking out at all my big old Star Destroyers, and I know we've got a Sun Crusher, and mm -mm, baby, I'm going to kill things. Yeah, technically, she's got a Star Destroyer. Sorry, a Death Star. She has her own Death Star. Technically. I mean, yeah, like on paper, but I mean, ultimately, she also does have a giant core of engineers and everything, so it wouldn't be that hard for them to just bolt some hyperdrives to it. Yeah, unfortunately, in the middle of her horrible cackling villain revelry in her own mind, she gets the message that, oh no, Han Solo and Kip Duran have escaped? And she's like... Oh, no, that's worrisome. But before I can spend any time worrying about it, have you heard about my hair? Ha! Hey, it's y'all ever think about how my hair moves? It moves like this. It's a lustrous, coppery waterfall that cascades all the way down my back. Did you know that my hair hangs heavy down my back, serpentine like the demon for whom her flagship had been named? <laughs> it's like heavy ropes of gold betwixt me and the ground gold that's on fire with the passion of a thousand red-headed suns oh and now war crimes <laughs> so yeah kip and han have escaped and she's just gotten the notification she's like well that can't be that big of a deal where would they even go yeah they uh, can't just... even have gotten off the ship yeah so just start searching people and doing stuff and find uh, she, has, she has to get interrupted. So they be like, uh, also, uh, someone said that they've been with Quizux the whole time and that Quizux has been using your authorization to get everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's just like, uh, well, it turns out Quizux went to go see Solo and had an authorization from you. Um, also, she requisitioned that Wookiee with an authorization from you. Uh, also, she went back down to the asteroid with an, I mean, I, I think you probably guessed by now, an authorization from you. Yeah, and I love that she literally out loud says, oh no, they're headed for the sun crusher. Oh no, the fun cooker. <laughs> Better time to get my fun cooker. Uh, but no, she's she literally out loud it just announces the next stage of the plot, which is just, oh, they're going to steal the sun crusher. What a blow against my mighty military might. The thing is, I mean, it really is. Because we've been harping on about, you know, how bullshit her thinking that f four Star Destroyers actually matters in a galactic scenario. True. But, you know, if you had the Sun Crush, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I got four Star Destroyers, but mostly they're just there to run interference for my, you know, system destroyer. Yeah, yeah, she's got a special ship that just destroys entire star systems, and now it's being taken away, and 
you know, I, I I know that's awful. I know it's awful. Everyone knows it's awful. But they've been sitting on a perfectly built Sun Crusher for, according to Tol Sivron, the lead engineer there, years without really actually having changed or done anything new to it in forever. It's just been sitting there done for forever. Why don't they have two? Ah. Why don't they have two and the blueprints to make a third one? I mean, you'd think that you would have that. I mean, obviously, you should have backup blueprints of this thing in the same way that you would have, you know, some backup blueprints of the Death Star. I mean, I don't remember seeing it in this chapter, but I guarantee you right now it's just going to get hand-waved that Kwezux destroyed all of her own records. Oh, yeah. 100%. We already know she can hack in because she hacked to find out all the actual information about what happened to Han and whatnot. So uh, we can just sort of assume that Quizux was like, oh no, well, I'll just hit the big old delete button on that. Right. Which again, if there's a point at which Admiral Dalla has failed, it's where she left this scientist capable of deleting everything with a button from whatever terminal she happens to be standing at. Oh yeah. You would think there would be, like, information kept on the asteroid, and then mm-hmm. any time they updated anything, it would go to, like, a personal server that she has. Yeah, and maybe don't do this Internet of Things shit. Maybe take the, the whole plans and put it in a briefcase, and then take that briefcase and put it in your office, and it's not on the Internet. Nah. This is Star Wars, baby. I just deleted the plans for the Sun Crusher with my toaster. But it's Star Wars, and we already knew know that the plans for the second Death Star were carried around discreetly in a non-interneted briefcase. Yeah, but that was outside. This is inside. <laughs> and the plans for the first Death Star were stored on an R2-D2. Oh, oh so man. <laughs> I mean, granted, we are making stuff up right now. Nowhere in this chapter is there a point where Zux says something like, don't worry, they won't be able to build another Sun Crusher once we've le- left, which is the obvious thing they should do, because I've deleted the plans. Instead, she just doesn't say that. Yeah. She's just like, all right, well, let's get the fuck out. Yep, our work here is done. Time to head along. And, of course, Han is, like, griping about the ship as they steal it. Like, uh, he's like, this ship's got a ladder to get into it? What kind of old-fashioned shenanigan? And she, she's like, oh, it works. You can get into the ship, right? It's a prototype, Han. Also, I'm one of those people that just doesn't give a shit about anything but the actual function, so fuck it, climb a ladder, what do I care? One would think you are too, given how ugly and shitty your ship is. Oh, burn. Actually, I'm going to bank that burn, because there's no way I've ever seen the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> but you just you just wait, because eventually that burn's going to work. You just wait, because eventually I'm going to see the Millennium Falcon and go, what a piece of junk. I'm going to say, remember my previous burn that it was unearned at the time? Well, I've earned my burn. This is me earning the burn. (laughs) Also, Uh, I'm at spin class right now, earning the burn. They get into the Sun Crusher, and luckily, I guess it's a four-seat Sun Crusher. Yeah. Uh, Because they're all... I assume that it is supposed to be big enough for, like, an actual crew-ish to be in there because you'd think that it would be like oh once we deploy this the only time it's going to be vulnerable is if we go to change out the people who are in it so you'd want it to be able to be 
like enough space that they could hang out in there for a while. That's true. A rotating crew would make a lot of sense uh, for within the ship. Uh, I do know it can be operated by one person because that's what the next book is about. Hmm. I mean, it definitely has a pilot and co-pilot seat and then other seats. Yeah. But they get in there and Chewie's immediately getting the weapons geared up and chesting them out. Apparently the thing is just covered in lasers from head to toe, but the lasers are not indestructible. No, we will find that out when they blow up. Yep. It's covered in nice, vulnerable lasers that can be blown off the sides of it. Like if you were playing a video game trying to take out a Star Destroyer from your X-Wing and they're like, no, but you can shoot these turrets. Man, I... I know this is a why don't they just make the whole thing out of the black box situation, but like, if you're making an indestructible ship, put your dumb quantum armor on the guns. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because the usual answer for why they don't just make the ship out of the stuff the black box is made out of is because the black box metal is thick and heavy and airplanes can't be made of thick, heavy metal if they want to be in the air. Yeah, but this is but in this space. Is, this is spaceships. Ships don't care. Yeah, they don't care at all. Although, I mean, the secondary answer to why don't they just make the airplane out of the black box thing is that the black box is just made out of steel. It's not, like, fancy. It's not It's not like it's made out of ultra-carbon fiber, mega-titanium, Batman's cowl shit. It's just made out of thick metal. So, there's the guns are probably made out of thick metal. They're just getting shot with big-ass lasers. Yeah, but they're not made out of the quantum super armor that the sun crusher has because yeah. as they're stealing it a bunch of stormtroopers come in and start blasting at it and han's like hey we don't even have our shields up and they're like yeah it doesn't matter this armor will absolutely not give a single fuck about small arms fire or large arms fire yeah i like that he doesn't he doesn't know for sure he looks over to Quizux, who's just like, yeah, they can't get us. We're fine. Don't worry about it. They, we have literally nothing to worry about while we're in here. I've tested this thing over and over again. Like, they could just sit there for days shooting blasters at us. It would not matter even a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, Chewie takes all the lasers on Han's instructions and blows out the ceiling so they can fly away after taking a bunch of fire. Yeah. Um, now, notably... Han uses the, a specific phrase when he orders this, which is, come on, Chewie, let's give the ceiling a 21-gun salute. <laughs> yep. Which means a 21-gun salute is a thing that exists in Star Wars now. Yeah, which, uh, again, it's kind of fun to track the etymology of when they use, like, really kind of very specific to Earth terms. Uh, the, the 21-gun salute is thought to have been ori originated with, uh, Samuel, Samuel Pepe, Pepe, Pepe. so, Pepe, I think, is it Pepes? I've never known how to pronounce yeah, that dude's Samuel name. Samuel Pepes. Yeah, he goes by Sammy Pepes. <laughs> in, in any event, it's a distinctly earthy thing for him to say, but sure, why not? There's 21-gun salutes. Yeah, I mean, let's just go ahead and assume that there are 21 guns on the Sun Crusher and call it a day. Well, I mean, no one actually does 21 gun salutes with 21 guns. It's seven guns fired three times. Yeah, but let's assume there are 21 guns here, and that's why it's a 21 gun salute. Why he would say ah, that. Ah, I see. So you're suggesting that it's completely a coincidence that he's just like, oh, oh look at this. I looked at our uh, readouts. We have 21 guns. 
Well, let's salute with them. Wait, what? What's a, what's a salute? I don't know what that is either. You know, it's oh, like a please. imperial military gesture. <laughs> Han knows what a salute is. <laughs> yeah, and he's the first to think of combining the two concepts. But anyway, they blow out the ceiling, and we get a great description of how some stormtroopers die. Yeah, this is one of those moments where I was looking at this going like, man, Queezux for at least a minute here has to be like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Because like, the second she gets into a ship with Han Solo, he's like, haha, I'm gleefully murdering people. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, wasn't I, wasn't I trying to get away from that? Yeah, I mean, I guess she's just excited to be leaving, but... These are people that she would theoretically know, right? I mean, she's been living for four years or longer than that, like nine years in here with the same collection of people. Oh, yeah. And she just sees this person she has barely known for a day blow open a hole in the ship and out flies a bunch of people that she even looks at and goes like, wow, uh, well... You know, the armor might protect him against massive decompression for a few minutes, but they're going to die. They're definitely going to die. We're in the middle of that whole black hole cluster thing. They're fucked no matter what, unless I guess the Empire scrambles a bunch of rescue ships right the fuck now. And they aren't. speaking (laughs) Speaking of which, they won't. Oh, no. The second this happens, Dalla sees the, uh, the Sun Crusher fly off from the installation and is just like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) I love that her, in her mind, she's like, oh my god, I'm having the biggest failure of my life right now. I can literally imagine my lover and boyfriend and and commanding officer, Tarkin, slapping me and demoting me. That's what he would have done if he were here. Oh, how hard would he slap me? And I'm like, Natasi, can can I call you Natasi? You need a better guy. (laughs) Y'all need to... Mm, quit being all hung up on who, someone that's clearly an asshole. And, well, I guess you are also a war crime lover. So you know what? Never mind. You guys have fun. Yeah, enjoy slapping each other, I guess, and constant devotions. Uh, I, I do appreciate that since she she has to have recently learned, because she knows everything Han said was the truth now, that, that uh, Tarkin's last mission did not go according to code, and I doubt his last moment was slapping and demoting himself. Mm, mm, mm. Instead, he went out holding his chin like he was considering a masterful chess move. Lol. So, uh... But anyway, she's just like, we have to stop him. And the person on her deck <laughs> is like, you, you know we, we can't, right? That ship is completely indestructible. None of our weapons will do anything to it at all. You do realize the entire point of this ship is that we couldn't stop it, right? And she's like, she's like, yeah, I know, I don't care. You get out there and you figure out, I don't know, swarm it in TIE Fighters, something. Stop it from leaving, even if you just do it by surrounding it. Get out there and do it. And then she has to, even though she's in a hurry, she has to stop the guy and be like, listen, this is important to me. It's so important to me that it is more important to me than all six of the TIE Fighter squadrons that are on this particular star destroyer of my four star destroyers okay very important now go very fast now go get them <laughs> i'm just like go waste the time you could have had the, you could have had that conversation while walking and talking you could have aaron sork into this yeah but i mean where's she gonna go she's just on the bridge already so she's just gonna be like all right well i gave the order so 
I mean, how you doing, I guess. I get. Or she could just not waste his time with long important things telling him how unimportant her own troops are. Look, I want to murder everyone. That includes my own troops. Please. Please go die. <laughs> Grab a seat. I'm going to pull down this chart. The degree of importance to me, ranked by how important it is in stormtrooper lives, indicates that I will kill a million stormtroopers to stop that ship from leaving. Oh, shit, this is the wrong chart. This is the one that explains what a thermal detonator is. Hold on. Now, as you can see here, a thermal detonator is like a big grenade, I guess. <laughs> uh, Ma'am, you couldn't possibly know that, as you are, of course, a woman. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and explain. <laughs> this is Star Wars. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they do attempt that very thing. Like, they send out just an assload of TIE fighters and try to, like, block avenues of escape, escape physically with the Star Destroyers. Mm-hmm. And, so uh, you know, for the most part, it works as far as so many lasers hit them, it destroys their laserses. Oh, yeah. They don't have any guns anymore. They don't. They never even shoot any, as far as I can tell. They just fly out into space, get surrounded by a buzzing swarm of TIE fighters that blow off all their lasers. Yeah. So Chewie's just sitting there, you know, doing nothing because now he doesn't have any guns to shoot. But <laughs> uh, but that's when Han gets a brilliant idea. He's like, hey, uh, you said this armor could take anything, right? Well, yeah, I um, tested it. Absolutely anything. I've got a dumb idea. Ramming speed! <laughs> Here's a, here's a problem I have with this chain of events. His thought is, well, fuck it. If this ship's completely indestructible, I'm just going to go out the other side of a Star Destroyer. I'm just going to go in one side and out the other. I am going to Captain Marvel a Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Um, but I have to assume that Dolan knew that was a possibility. Because otherwise, what's the most obvious way to catch this thing, John? How do you catch this ship you can't shoot? Uh, tractor beam? Tractor beam. How come no one ever says tractor beam? Yeah, I was assuming she was going to be like, all right, put the tie swarm out there, literally so they cannot even see where they're going. Just keep them confused, and then we'll get close to them and put four Star Destroyers worth of tractor beams on them. Yeah, and even if by some miracle, that we just hadn't mentioned it yet, that Quizux designed this quantum armor so that tractor beams just can't touch it for whatever, it's Teflon tractor armor. Uh, all they have to do is surround it with enough detritus of old star or TIE fighter that they just tracked her in the TIE fighter with it stuck in the middle of it all. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't know. Maybe because I'm not so busy thinking about my boyfriend hitting me and war crimes, I uh, I, I, I have good tactical plans for how to catch this thing. Maybe that's Maybe. just me, though. Hmm. I was, I mean, I literally thought the same thing when she was beginning to be like, well, send out all these things. I know what we'll do. And I was like, yeah, tractor beam them. Yeah, get it in a tractor beam. Doesn't matter if you damage it. Sure, it's going to suck when it's in the bay of your ship, but it's in a tractor beam. I mean, if nothing else, just be like, all right, well, we put our plans on hold. We're going to tractor beam this fucking ship until they die of starvation. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. All four Star Destroyers just pull it in four directions so it can't go, and they just park there for, like, two weeks until they die of oxygen deprivation or whatever. Yeah, he was like, all right, well, 
They didn't load up with supplies or anything, so fuck them. They're dead from lack of water in a few days. <laughs> they pry the thing open, and it's just nothing but a eaten Chewbacca. Ah. Oh, they didn't even finish this delicious Chewbacca meat. Mm. Well, Han's plan works. He flies just straight up directly into a Star Destroyer and smashes through it and out the other side. Well, I mean, he does basically the non-suicidal version of the... Uh, A-Wing, yeah. The A-Wing, yeah, where he goes through the bridge, which makes the most sense, because you're like, oh, they've just got their command center on a, like, largely unprotected, sticking-out section of this ship. Okay. You're right, that does, that does make sense. <laughs> That's fine. Let's go ahead and fly through that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a problem that Star Destroyers have had since Return of the Jedi. We knew about that. That for some reason they're like, well, you know what? The most important thing when we build a mile-long battle station is that we need someone, old white British guy, to have a really good view. And and it can't be a fake view from sensors. They got to get that real good, you know, human eye view of thousands of miles away from whatever they're looking at. <laughs> and the only way to do that is if we take the command center, traditionally located at like the heart of the ship, and put it up where the crow's nest is, you know, so everyone gets a good view. You know, everybody can see. Nice big windows. That's what I like. Yeah, and that gets flown through. And yeah, it's just like the A-Wing going through the executor's bridge. Except this one survives. Yes. Uh, to the point where they can even see people dying as they're passing through the bridge, which is kind of a neat little bit of, de of disaster tourism. Oh, yeah. And again, this is a part where I'm like, all right, now Kui has not only seen Han gleefully blow out some stormtroopers into space, but then also this Star Destroyer begins to list towards one of the black holes where it will be crushed and destroyed and is like oh and you just killed an entire ship's worth of people like a giant ship's worth of people ah, all right yeah yeah they just <laughs> destroyed the lives of several thousand people just now and she's like well you know one more okay <laughs> i can't quit cold turkey that would be crazy and the weird thing is he doesn't do it to all of them like, he finds out, oh, I'm I invincible know. and I can fly through the bridge of a Star Destroyer and it will destroy the entire thing. But now that I got one, eh, why, why keep going? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I mean, I know that's cruelty on my part. Like, why would he go on to kill another 3,000 people and then leave stranding all those scientists on an asteroid platform in the middle of the black hole? I guess unless he wants to swing back around and kill them, too. Uh, I mean, the thing is... <laughs> You would definitely be able to be like, oh, well, I can blow up the Star Destroyers. And all of the scientists and just sort of like more civilian people would be on the asteroid, not blown up. Whereas the people who were about to go try and kill as many Republic folks as possible have been blown up. And we can send someone back to get them later. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but, you know, Han's had a rough couple of days. He just got out of prison. <laughs> He's like, I just want to be away from here, okay? I just I just want to be away from this place for a couple of minutes. 
just if you could. I just want my goddamn kids back. Ugh. So they fly. They uh, yeah. They one hundred percent murder. I think it's the Hydra of the four star destroyers. Just yeah, gets because they wreckled. cut off the head of it. Huh? <laughs> <The> Hydra. <laughs> Yeah, but two more don't spring up. Instead, it goes spiraling into a black hole and starts experiencing spaghettification. Well, yeah, but that's because he uh, cauterized it by flying through. Ah, yes, of course. The ship also lights on fire as it flies around. Yeah, obviously. In space, it's real easy to light things on fire. That's one of the most famous things about space. Yep. So flammable. <laughs> completely flammable just one match goes up there and it's poof for the whole whole goddamn thing yep that's that's the heat death of the universe is when someone manages to light a match in space (laughs) scientists are working on it as we speak so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah after the hydra dies uh we get a little more of Dala just straight up freaking out in a in a huge way about how she's completely failed. She's like, oh, no, my first important thing in nine years, and I was defeated by four people. And th- oh, yeah. Three of them were shitty prisoners. I was supposed to be, like, on my way to go challenge the entire New Republic, and four idiots just beat the shit out of me. Whoops. Yeah. So she's mad, and she's just like, okay, we'll fucking chase them. I don't care chase that ship we're not gonna let it out of our sight and so she readies her fleet to fly off and she gets a phone call from uh toll sivron over on the maw installation yeah and toll's just like hey uh hey you gotta you gotta take us with you because you can't you can't just leave us here she's like mm, i think you'll find that i can this is fucking great because she's like no, we're leaving. We're, we got to hurry. We got to go right now. And he's like, you can't just leave us alone in the maw. Everything's unstable because of the Hydra dying. We will fall into a black hole and we don't have the, all the food and everything. So you cannot leave us. And well, keep in mind, she is on a Star Destroyer. He is on the Maw installation, which is an asteroid colony. And she pulls a gun on him. Uh, I mean, I she really love does. it. <laughs> she goes for her holster pulls a gun and aims it at the TV she's talking to him on. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least when Vader was pissed off at someone, you're like, oh, but I can strangle you through this vision screen, so it's fine. It's okay. But she's like, I've got a gun, and and then she even stops and is like, wait a minute, I'm not going to blow up my own fucking view screen. This is stupid. I love that. I love the part where she realizes that she's about to blow up part of her own ship and out of peak and stops herself. She's like, but she, and you? <laughs> but she never puts the gun down. She's just like, got this gun trained on a TV image of Sivron who never really reacts to it. And she's just like, I believe you'll find I can do whatever I wish. We are leaving and there is nothing you can do about it. Good day. And then she hangs up on him. And then finally she's like, wait, why did I pull a gun? I just, I absolutely love that, from <laughs> from my perspective, I'm looking at Tol Sivron, and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, hey, if I'm talking to someone, and they pull a gun and point it at, like, their webcam, I'm gonna go, hey, uh, do you know how guns work? <laughs> he's like, uh, ma'am, I can assure you that while we are still working on the technology for the gun that can shoot through view screens, that's not one of them. <laughs> we have yet to roll that out. 
it's still in like phase one, mostly just designing what the gun's going to look like. Mostly. I have so many little toys of it. Trying to think of a good name for it. We're really, we're working hard, but I got to remind you, there isn't one, and you're pointing a gun at a TV right now. <laughs> what are you, Elvis? <laughs> so, oh. uh, <laughs> I just, I couldn't get enough of that moment. Look, what a petty, stupid little thing to do. Oh, yeah. And keep in mind that the book does not portray it as a petty, stupid little thing. It's it's deadly serious. Yeah, and they're like, oh, she wouldn't destroy valuable equipment in a fit of anger, but she'll keep the blaster pointed as if to threaten him. And I'm like, no, no one's <laughs> threatened by this. Uh, I, I mean, maybe the other people on her ship are. They're like, oh, she finally lost it. We got to invoke whatever the Star Destroyer equivalent of the 25th Amendment is. <laughs> it's mutiny! <laughs> yeah, uh, so now we basically are checking in with Han and Kip and everybody again. They are now flying through the Maw. Yeah, they're just doing the same thing they did before. Kip is force flying through the Maw. And, mm -hmm. you know, Han just has to be like, it's okay, Quee. Uh, he's using the force and I don't understand it. And Hey, did you know, I used to think it was a hokey religion. <laughs> I did. Hi, I'm Han Solo. We've had fun here today, but I'd like to I, talk to you about a new hope. <laughs> I particularly like where she's like, how is he doing that? I don't understand it. And he has to be like, oh, there are some things you can't solve with your precious science. Oh, there are more things in heaven and earth than your philosophy can. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wrong thing. Wait, who am I again? What's my characterization? <laughs> at least, yeah, at least he drops that and kind of goes like, hey, uh, I also thought this was crazy and ridiculous until I hung out with a guy for a long time who does it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, then I was like, oh. No, I guess this thing that's, you know, only like 15 years old is still not just a hokey religion, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I still can't believe that. That when they when they did the prequels, they were like, yeah, fuck it. There were Jedi all over the fucking place. Millions of them. They were an important arm of the galactic government. Yeah. And, uh, and Han just like, never noticed that or heard of it. Nah. Fake, fake news. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so with, they go through the Maw, all scared of falling into a black hole, but of course they don't, because they have a Jedi with them, and they pop out, only to find... <laughs> I love this moment, when they pop out, and Han's like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? And it's just more Duel's fleet still sitting there. Oh, yeah, because Luke and Lando are essentially doing the opposite thing, where they're like, oh god, we gotta get out of this fight, and into the Maw, mm -hmm. and... There's, you know, a giant Lorinar strike cruiser in the way, and they're just like, oh, man, I don't even know that we're going to be able to make it into the Maw. Like, it would take a lot of luck just to get us in there. And then all of a sudden, out comes the Sun Crusher and three Star Destroyers. Yeah, pursue <laughs> pursued by three full-size Star Destroyers, who... When we get Dalla's perspective in this scene, first we get a little description of what her hair's up up to right now, and then she's like, "What the fuck is this? Were we trapped? Are these? Is this the rebellion?" Oh yeah, it's like, "Oh, how could I have missed Han Solo? My interrogation droid didn't do a good enough job. This was a trap all along." Yeah, and, and so she's like, "Fuck it, fire everything." 
and, and you know, uh, from the perspective of like the Kessel forces, they're just trying to get uh, the Millennium Falcon when suddenly three giant fuck off ships appear, and they're like, "Well, I was already shooting lasers. Some of them just hit the ship. I guess this is just a thing we're doing now." This is my fault for putting the ship in punch this direction and walk this way. And if any Star Destroyers warp in from hyperspace, it's their fault. That's yeah, the- I just put it on autopilot and held down the shoot button. This is what I get for insta- installing turbo fire. Uh, I should have used the regular controller. <laughs> and of course, Han has no idea what's going on because he's like, wait a minute, I thought... How are they here still? I thought they would have given up on us by now. Why are they all out in force and shooting? Yeah, I love Han's perspective on it. He's like, we've been in jail for like six days. Why are they still out here? And then, of course, he sees the Millennium Falcon and he's like, oh, that son of a bitch. Yeah, I love Whoever's that. flying that, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. So he he goes directly from just exasperated indignation because it's not fair that these assholes stayed out here for six days hoping they'd come back out to, oh, we're killing whoever's in the Falcon. Let's go. Let's kill them. Let's blow up the Falcon. And it takes, I think it's Kip Duran who's like, they're not shooting at you. The Falcon is being shot at. Yeah, it looks like all of these are attempting to shoot that ship. And he's like, huh. All right. Well, they better not blow up my ship then. <laughs> Rapid reversal that he is not called on for. <laughs> and uh, that's when we finally check in with Luke and Lando, who are just like, what the fuck? Why is... Uh, how is... What? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then their phones, their space phone starts ringing. Oh, yeah. And it's the private line. You know, it's the private com frequency of the Falcon. So no it's one not knows just that someone like, yeah, it's not just an open hail to them. It is an actual like, oh, I know what your code to get to the red phone is. Someone got them digits. <laughs> Commissioner, you up? <laughs> so they answer the phone and they're, they're just like, uh, what? And, and Han's mad. He's like, who the hell's on my ship? What the fuck is going on? Han, is that you? It's me, Lando. Lando, what the shit? <laughs> Get the fuck off my ship. Huh? Uh, it's, it's Lando. Power, power up the lasers we don't have. We're destroying the Falcon. That's it. I'm ramming it. He's trying to take it back again. <laughs> uh, and Luke's just like, uh, we were, what? what? What is happening? How can we, I, we were going to escape, but no hyperdrive have. And so I, what, who? And Lando's, I'm sorry, Han is just like, okay, hang on. What can we do about this? Blah, 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 blah. Because Queezux, of course, has a high bird-like voice. And she explains how they can just share hyperdrive data. Yeah, we'll just dump the coordinates you need to your computer. So even though you can't calculate the route you need to take, we'll calculate it for you and just dump it over to you. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, great, let's do it. And against a backdrop of Star Destroyers fucking up the tidy, beleaguered, uh, unfortunate Kessel fleet, they just leave. Oh, yeah. And the last thing it says they see is the one of the Lorinar sti- strike cruisers exploding, and then the Flaming Hulk 
slams into the Basilisk Star Destroyer and causes the bottom of the arrowhead hull to buckle and burn, which I don't... Later on, they still say that they have three Star Destroyers, but I have to imagine that means they have two now. I mean, I don't know how big a Lorinar strike cruiser is. I think it's—I forget if it's the Lorinar or if it's the Carrot class that that rams into them. But it's going to take more than most calamari-type ships to blow up uh, a star destroyer. So they probably have two and a very damaged one. Yeah, I mean, it may not have blown up, but you definitely are going to need serious repairs from that. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at a picture now of a comparison between the two, and the Lorinar Strike Cruiser is maybe a tenth the size of a Star Destroyer, a Victory class in particular. Well, these are Imperial. Oh, no, I've got the wrong class of Star Destroyer. Um, oh, no, wait, I have the right class. This is an Imperial class Star Destroyer, 1.6 kilometers long and everything. There you go. Mm-hmm. So it bonks into their ship and, and messes up the hood real good. I wonder if this is going to cause Dala to like just go back into the Maw and get it fixed by those scientist nerds. <laughs> uh, we're back. J- j- just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll totally rescue you in most situations. We were just having a wee laugh we was. Mm-hmm. Swear me, Mom. Me- Meanwhile, Tull Sivron has powered up that, that prototype Death Star in there, and it's just like, yeah, great, that's good. Could you hold still for three seconds? <laughs> just, uh, I just need to let you know, fuck you. Yeah, you know what? All is forgiven. Hey, why don't you land on the big spot right there that's got an X painted on it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they get away, and now Han, finally, in the last chapter, gets to meet his kids. Yeah, I mean, he met them when they were infants and everything, but he finally gets to see them as two-year-olds, and they get almost no mention, because we really have to focus in on the um, the uh, relationship between Han and Leia here. Well, yeah, because he comes out and he's like, hey, kids, you know me? I'm your dad. And they're like, sure. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I love we, it. Were, we were raised by a slightly more competent version of our mom and several robots. Uh, you're... You're basically extraneous at this point. You might as well have flown off for cigarettes. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess, nice to see you, Father. <laughs> Please do not expect a card at Christmas. Well, uh, I won't. There's no such thing as Christmas. You know we meant Life Day. <laughs> uh. Uh, so he goes and hugs his wife, and there's no mention of, of any of the... She's just like, I'm glad to see you, which is nice, because I guess they can hash out their, why didn't you send for me? I assumed you were drunk conversation a little later. Oh, yeah. Being like, oh, you know, I missed you. Did you miss me? (laughs) Not like, oh, I missed you. Not enough to, like, look for you, but, you know, I missed you. (laughs) Did not even try calling? Why didn't you try to call me? I've been in prison. I've been in two prisons for the past two weeks. And she's like, I assumed you were drunk. (laughs) Yes, well, I know that I haven't seen you for over a month, but I just assumed that you suck and don't want to see your children and are absolutely blasted somewhere. (laughs) Imagine how that conversation is going to go. I I think it's best that we skipped it. (laughs) This is my opinion of you. I mean, maybe he he could take it very coolly and just be like, hey, in the future... Please do not assume I'm getting drunk with old gambling buddies. They're all dead. Everyone I used to know is dead or a millionaire, so bleh. 
Yeah, the few I know who aren't one of those two things hate me. I guarantee you, I will never play cards with anyone I met before Jabba ever again. Hmm, hmm. Especially Lando. Uh, so, but but yeah, he, then he goes to greet his kids, and then we just start up a Return of the King level amount of epilogues. Well, of course, we have to have Lando get his money from his dumb garbage on uh, Umgull. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this means that a man finds him in a bar that he's hiding in because he heard a man was looking for him. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, there's some official looking for you. Oh, fuck. I got to get out of here. Yeah, because he thinks it's some dead uh, creditor or something. He, he notably mentions specifically something that we, that we discussed in a previous episode of this season, which is that he's worried that there are people mad at him for just abandoning Cloud City and just leaving it there. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I did just sort of abandon my last two mining operations and never return or do anything. So, Well, notably, it makes know. him not the most environmentally friendly of mining administrators given that he just left something in orbit over Bespin to just ram into the local bird population and other people's floating cities and shit. And, you know, I'm less, I'm less worried about the Nikolon mining facility because that one was damaged by the Empire and is trapped on a burning planet. But still, like, you can't just leave Bespin there. <laughs> sure you can. He just flies away. Uh, bye. I put a free sign on it and pushed it over the curb. What do you want? <laughs> ah, yes. I have put out gratis on my cloud city. Yeah, free. Still works. And I just sort of shoved it from the side of my leaving spaceship. You uh... know, after after I pushed it and I was watching it go into the distance, I remembered we had a lot of Ugnaughts on that thing. They'll be fine. <laughs> ah. they're, uh... they're clever. They'll figure it out. Anyway, the man finds him, and the man is a very angry and very serious man. Oh, yes. He's like, oh boy, I will be so glad to be rid of this. An entire giant metal briefcase full of gems. Yes, uh, and, and we get a little bit of a joke here, which is the man is like, here, here is a million credits worth of priceless fire emeralds and chrysoplazas. And, anyway, uh, also, the briefcase is worth 40 credits. So you're saying you're giving me a million credits? Yes, a million, plus 40 for the briefcase. R right. And Lando's like, wait, there's no way, that reward was only for like 500,000. Why are you giving me a million? Oh, well, it turns out the casino administrator, who was in charge of the blob races, liked you enough to just give you an extra half a million. Whatever. Yeah, she insisted on paying you the full reward, and is now just... Building an entire new blobstacle course for Umgull. Mm -hmm. So he's now a millionaire again. Why not? I mean, it certainly seemed like he wasn't for a while there, based on how he could have whatever he wanted and hang out in bars and borrow any spaceship he needed, and it was all just fine. Well, yeah, he has, you know, friends in high places. But now, now he is also in a high place. Yeah. And he's hanging out with, like, Lando and Luke at the time, and the two of them are like, what happened? He's just like, I don't know, I guess I'm just glad to be solvent. Yeah, that's it. Solvent. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Fuck you, Lando. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a millionaire. It's just, I assumed I would be again for some reason. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's good to be back where I belong. 
<laughs> God damn it. Uh, there are several other things that happen at the end. I think there's one where Dala is just like, I'll get them, but it's really short and doesn't matter. Well, there's uh, Wedge, who is doing the whole recolonization thing of oh, the yeah. Aleshaw people. And then he's just thinking about, like, yeah, I'm sure Dala's out there with her Star Destroyers just, you know, hanging out. Han assumes they're going to do guerrilla strikes. Just, you know, pop out of hyperspace, blast a planet, get the fuck out again. Which is exactly what I would do, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or honestly, what you should do is just head to someplace on the map where it's all green and unincorporated from the New Republic yet. And just take over a little planet and take and keep it for yourself because you've got a, an army. We I mean, know. you could, but the second you lay down roots anywhere, that gives you a target that the Republic can go to. I mean, sure, I guess, but only if you do anything aggressively dangerous. As it stands, they're currently just an ex-Imperial power. Uh, I, I know that they are willing to deal with ex-Imperial warlords who don't want to do, uh, commit crimes anymore. Yeah, but Dala wants to commit so many crimes. No, I know, I know. She just wants to do the worst possible thing. I get it. It's just funny to me how ineffectual she's going to be. I mean, Han was the captain of a bigger Star Destroyer than the ones that she has five years ago in the, in the timeline. That's what he was doing at the beginning of courtship. Yep. Which means that she's got a little tiny fleet, and they've just got the same kind of ships, but more of them. Oh, yeah. It's... The fact that they're like, oh, yeah, we've got way more of whatever your ship is, and they're better. And also, because this is later in the timeline, we got some fucking haping battle dragons if we want them. You know, I'll just oh, fuck yeah. your shit up immediately. No, no Greek commandos. We've got all kinds of shit you don't know what to deal with. Uh, Yeah, so uh, so that's Wedge. He's loading all the eel shot people onto, uh, onto a ship to take him to the planet. Dantooine. Yay. And Luke, Luke is hanging out with Kip and is like, hey, hey, I'm going to figure out if you're a, a Jedi. Yeah, and they and, try the paddles first, which is odd that you would do that. But I get it. Oh, it's so they can make it very, very obvious that he's a secret bad guy. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, we used it on you. And instead of just glowing blue, it kind of faded in and out and turned dark and was streaked with red and was tangled and had a big sign that says warning evil on it. <laughs> yeah. I used the paddles on you and it shot me with force lightning. I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure it'll be a okay. Hmm. According to the paddles, these are calling you Darth Kip Duran. Uh, <laughs> we might need to shorten that. I don't think you're supposed to have two names after Darth. Anyway, welcome to good guy school. Uh, and he does his little flick the nub trick, which sends him absolutely flying across the room. So he's like, oh yeah, you're super powerful and I can't get a read on your aura. Oh man, what a great idea this is. I'm the best. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Also, I, I'm not a huge fan of this whole flick the bean thing that, that, that Luke can do to get into Jedi brains and figure out if people are Jedi or not anyway, but also the idea that some of them are just automatically 10 times more powerful than other ones is kind of irritating. Oh yeah. It's not the force. Isn't something you learn. It's the amount of midichlorians you have to determine how powerful you are. Yep. 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 So, uh, poor Streen gets introduced in this book as a weak, shitty Jedi before he even gets trained. 
Yeah, well. And then we actually do have an epilogue. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly just Luke hanging out on Yavin being like, ah, yes, Yavin, how spicy. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I am happy to be back here at the site of the destruction of the first Death Star. An ancient Jedi temple here on Yavin 4 that was just a temple or something back in New Hope. I'm on a ziggurat, and I'm thinking about how great it's going to be when all my students get here. Just think of all the students that I forgot to mention throughout the rest of this book, like Mara Jade, a bunch of uh, Dathomirian Force witches. Cam uh, Solasar. Yep, someone named Cam Solasar who I've heard of but don't remember why. Hmm. Probably because I've read this this trilogy. Uh, uh, but once I get them all, oh boy, it's going to change everything because I'm going to have a Jedi Academy and nothing could possibly go wrong. That's right. I'm everything's going to be great. Time for a new order of Jedi Knights where everything will be fine and nothing bad will happen. All good guys. <laughs> Oops, all good guys. Definitely not a mysterious evil ghost in this temple either. Don't worry about that part. <laughs> Spoiler everything's a-okay. Spoiler alert, John, there is a mysterious evil force ghost on this planet. Oh no. I mean, I'm just telling you that cuz the next book is not the next book in this series it is not but if you want to know what the next book we're doing is you'll have to turn in next week for our wrap-up episode that's right because every time we do those wrap-up episodes we answer questions from you the listener to expounded universe and we do that by you popping by our discord going to the expounded universe channel in there and using the ha the uh it's hashtag jedi search to ask your questions of us and we'll answer as many of them as we can before well, after briefly discussing what we thought of this book as a whole, and before the big announcement of what comes next. Yes, indeed. And you know what else comes next? Bonus content! The old expanded, expounded universe. Why, if you head over to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $2 or more level, you unlock our Star Wars bonus content. What do we mm -hmm. do, Jeff? Why, we go to wikipedia.com and we look up dumb stories from the history of Star Wars, whether that be legends or canon or comic books or whatever, and we tell them to each other and to you, the listener. Uh, that's at the $2 level. It also unlocks all the System Mastery bonus content. So, generally speaking, it's like five to six bonus episodes a month. That's right. So much good stuff. We're yeah. like AMPM. Just a Too really... Much good stuff yeah we're like ampm and that i am a giant unnerving food monster it's true samesies mm -hmm. i don't remember what that guy's name is but i hate him <laughs> it's an absolutely terrifying amalgamation of various snacks and it haunts my dreams mm -hmm. that's us system <laughs> mastery and expounded universe whatever what the fuck ever two dollar level patreon.com slash system mastery it's a roundly good deal for all especially His name us. is tombgis there you go tombgis that's what the why oh well he's the son of tunsis the cat who could drive a car hey you know i think i might just do tombgis for the bonus content <laughs> Yeah, let's see what there is to say about Tomgus. Well, I've I know got that an he entire likes... fandom wiki about Tomgus open right now. 
Based on the one commercial I remember with him in it, he does drink horchata every day. Look, he believes in Santa Claus and loves Slim Jim. As a toddler, he was reported to be six feet tall and wear red and green pajamas. <laughs> I want to watch him fight uh, Gritty. Hell yeah. That Whoever is... wins, we win. <laughs> Let's put that shit on pay-per-view. Tungus v. Gritty. You know, before a job with AMPM, Tungus worked many jobs before landing one with AMPM. He worked as an ice crusher, a nacho topper, a snack hacker, a donut decorator, and everyone's favorite snack giant. <laughs> I don't remember electing him the, my favorite snack giant. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So... Uh, I, I I guess thank you so much for listening. I hope you're excited to learn more about Tumgus, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you real soon in the bonus content or next week with more Expounded Universe. Until then, I've been Elan Sleezbagiano. And I'm a horrible monster made out of snack food. <laughs> <laughs>